0: Hey, Unnecessary Roughness listeners, you can find every episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music.
1: What's up, everybody? It is the first comeback season episode of 2019, and this week, just Johnny and I are holding down the fort, and we talk about those New Year's resolutions. We look back at all the crazy storylines of bowl season. We're very sad that college football is almost over, but we break it all down, including those college football playoff semifinals that were just not near as much fun as they should be. We also dive deep into the NFL, give our Super Bowl picks, and Johnny's spinning his CFL offseason in the hills right now, so we're going to break down a little bit of that Hollywood drama as we well and because EB is not here to to defend himself, we throw him under the bus. Make sure you stay tuned next Monday. Johnny and I will be dropping a national championship preview quickie to look at that game between Alabama and Clemson. That will come out next Monday, so make sure you hit subscribe and you download away. You're not going to want to miss that as we break down the biggest game of the year. Comeback season, as always, is presented by Velveeta Shells and Cheese. We're huge fans here on the podcast because being a football fan, especially a college football fan, can be so draining. You don't have any time to actually sit down, and make a good meal, but you want something delicious when you watch all of those games, and Velveeta makes it so quick and easy for you. You just boil the water, you cook the shells, and you stir in the cheese sauce, and it tastes like you've been spending hours in the kitchen. So satisfy those game cravings, whether it's pregame, during the game, postgame cravings, with the creaminess of Velveeta shells and cheese. It's a craveable snack all times of the day. It's cheesy, it's creamy, it's rich, and it's melty. And Velveeta shells and cheese loves football just as much as we do here on comeback season. So as always, every episode we do is presented by Velveeta. All right, we're here with our first comeback episode of 2019. Johnny, it's just me and you, because apparently EB, he, he's going to take 2019 and just be lazy so you and I are going to pick up his slack this week
0: I thought he said one of his new year's resolutions was to focus more on the business and build it so I guess he's taking that to a different level
1: oh that's right he said he was going to like organize his life more and like make memories for himself well we're not going to let him forget for this entire year that he just missed the very first episode because that's weak I
0: mean, it's it's once a week. E B. It's on the calendar. Let's get <laughs> them a calendar, a planner for 2019.
1: Speaking of uh, New Year's resolutions, you said you weren't going to drink as much. Was it ginger ale? How's that going? I know it's only like the I second.
0: Have, I've had none for since we've had that podcast.
1: Really, you started early.
0: I had zero soda since then.
1: Damn! So, like that, you were able to just like quit soda, just cold turkey. Like you didn't even need to make a New Year's resolution. That was just kind of what you wanted to do.
0: I mean, I kind of made it on the podcast and went with it.
1: There you go. I, so my New Year's resolution was that I was going to blog more, which was really just on the spot because EB put me on the spot. But I will say I blogged over the holiday, and every blog that I did, people were, like, big mad at. I blogged about the Cowboys and how I didn't think Jason Garrett should be playing everybody through the four quarters against the Giants. People hated me for that. But, hey, I mean, I guess hate clicks are still clicks. So at the same time, like, my New Year's resolution is hitting hard, but people are not happy with me.
0: Well, pe- Were people mad about our Aggies just taking it to the old NC State Wolfpack
1: Yeah. Well, to be fair, I did kind of pop off on social media as well. Like at one point, I think it was when the very beginning of the game, obviously, Kellen ripped off that like 60 yard touchdown. And I was like, oh, they're going to absolutely destroy them. And I tweeted it a little bit too early. And then about halftime, I was kind of regretting that. But I mean, it eventually wasn't even close. But were you nervous at all? Because I got kind of nervous. It made me a little bit uh, worried.
0: Yeah, it would have been bigger problems if if, uh, we would have actually been in trouble in that game. But no, I, I felt pretty good about it from from the kick.
1: Before we even get to all the games that we talked about, and of course, like we've got like the big New Year's games, we've got the college football playoff, everything to get through, and then looking uh, forward. But that AM this AM team, and I know like when you were there it was a little bit different because it was like as high as AM has really ever been, and then you know, going into the seasons after you left, and it was kind of that October, November decline for AM. This year with Jimbo it kind of rode that roller coaster, and I actually think ESPN for once did something really cool, and they put up a graphic of like his huge contract and then winning early and barely losing to Clemson all that and then the fact that that LSU game kind of sent them out of the regular season on a good note winning a bowl game do you think that they're in as good a position as they could have been even though they had four losses this year
0: I mean you look at it's their first nine win season I look at the wins first nine win season since my last year there it uh I think it's a big step and and then now the question for A&M is can they get through an SEC schedule to where they're you know a one loss team in the SEC and not sitting at a consistent three loss team or four loss like we've been for the past couple years
1: it'll be it'll be fun to to watch it happen because I do think that like and everybody uses the term culture change and all that and you know just as well of every place you've been that it is important how people feel in the locker room and I feel like A&M and these guys that are on the team right now and you've probably been talking to some of them as well like they seem more excited to be playing for A&M than they have been in the last couple of years.
0: No, I definitely think there's a ton of excitement around the program as much as there could there could be. If you look at a And M's facilities and everything that is the program now, especially with a coach like Jimbo, I think it's in good a situation, good a position as you'd want to be. Now it's can you go out and play these games week in and week out and be consistent. That's what the best teams are. That's what Alabama is. That's what we that's what we didn't see uh, with Georgia. You know, no matter how good a guy you have, is can you be consistent week in and week out through the SEC.
1: Yeah, let's just jump right into that, Johnny, because I'm going to be honest. I am never going to forgive Georgia for that showing uh, at the Sugar Bowl the other night, because not only were they playing Texas, and I know you and I both said we would never pick Texas because that's what Aggies do, and no matter what Longhorns say, they would never take A&M as well. But I also really believe that Georgia is the better football team. I put money on Georgia. I was talking mad shit in the office about how I think Georgia was going to get up for that game to prove that they maybe should have been in the playoff. And I have no idea what happened to Georgia. I can't even explain how bad they looked the other night.
0: I, the, more, the more I started looking at it and the more I started looking at this game throughout the bowl season, I saw more, more just big holes in this. First of all, how we were all over Georgia, in this, and that just never seems to be the case. But you look at Texas, their receivers were huge. Humphreys and, and, and the rest, Johnson, the rest of those guys played incredible. So you look at the size advantage of those guys and the way that they played. Uh, impressive is the is, is win as you'll see from Texas for sure, but, um, I, I expect it different, but but what a win! I think it's a great win for Texas.
1: It is great, and it, and I said this earlier today. We were talking about just the playoffs and kind of how like if it should be expanded and who the best teams in the country are. Like you watch the way Texas played last night. I don't think that they could beat Alabama or Clemson because I think that they're by far the two best teams in the country. But I think if you put that Texas team that played last night up against almost anybody else right now, the way they played, like they you could make a case that not only is Texas back, but they're they're one of the top teams in the country, definitely in the big. 12
0: you have to give texas a lot of credit they beat they beat you know a team that should have been in a playoff and they beat a team that did get into the playoff so they beat a four and five team you know in the country throughout the regular you know throughout the season so that's that's as impressive as it gets
1: it's painful though it really is it's is painful for so many reasons like i said and that was something i was so sure about i think i actually said on the the sports advisor show that i did with with big cat and dave i said like uh, georgia by a million and i've not been let down all like the first thing that happened when I walked into the office today was Dave gave me the horns down because I kept doing that last week so I'm never forgiving Georgia but I do think and and this is a question I feel like you can answer as well because you obviously played in games that there weren't championships uh, on the line in bowl season it's like the whole narrative of oh well this game just doesn't matter they don't care they're mailing it in is that a real thing that you're seeing teams do in bowl season like I don't understand that thought process like why Georgia would just be like well fuck it we don't really feel like playing because we're not playing for a championship.
0: I thought always the goal was to try and get into a BCS game, even even in the BCS era that, you know, there was four BCS games still wanted to be into one of those, you know, no matter what that was as big a bowl game as you could be into. So I see the different bowl games around the tax slayer bowl, whatever these crazy games are that that's different to me than being in a BCS game you know, that's still uh, classic, as big as it gets. So I I don't buy that in in this case. The goal of every year is is to go to a national championship or BCS game. I would have loved to get into a BCS game.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I understand, you know, the the thought process for Georgia, like they thought they should be a top four team in the country, the way they played Alabama in the SEC championship. But if it was me, and it obviously never would be because I'm not playing football, but I would want to go out and prove like you guys said that we weren't good enough to be in the playoff, but we're just going to go out and smash this Big 12 team who lost to Maryland and instead they end up looking like complete losers.
0: I mean, I think they looked exactly like they did earlier in the year at LSU that made everybody go oh, man, maybe Georgia isn't as dominant as we thought. And I I think it just showed again. I I don't think – I think with the time off, sometimes practice and the way things go and having a little letdown from not getting into the, the Final Four obviously does drag on a little longer than a Texas team that's hungry. But, you know, at the end of the day, Georgia wasn't consistent enough two times this year. They were in a half against Alabama, but the other two and a half times this year they weren't good enough.
1: Yeah, and th- and that game against Alabama is what everybody was pointing to, and, and it, they ended up making the right decision not putting them in the playoff. But then you look at that Alabama OU game, and I know that you and EB both picked OU to cover. I took Alabama, which early on I was a hundred percent sure I would be okay because that looked like an absolute ass beating. And then of course OU comes back and is able to cover, but that game wasn't close either. And I don't necessarily think that anybody else should have been in that number four spot. I think that they got it right. But that, I mean, it was just that wasn't even fun to watch until the very end of the game when it looked like they were actually going to be able to cover, but Kyler couldn't do anything early on.
0: Yeah, and and the Notre Dame game was just as bad. So it's one of those years where you kind of look back and say, was the playoff even really needed? Because the best bowl showing right now really has been Texas, and outside of that, Alabama and Clemson have been the top couple teams. So I think this is a one-versus-two year all the way, and it'll be good to see this matchup again. But going back to Kyler, it started so slow. Mm -hmm. You know, you knew Alabama's pass rush would take off and come get them in the first couple drives. They really did. So, you know, when it got to 28 to nothing, you figured they, you know, would have to wake up eventually. And they did. But, you know, I don't even think the game got as close to, to what the score ever, ever really told
1: definitely not and it was early on too when you were seeing that these Alabama defenders were able to get to him and drag him down with like one arm and meanwhile you know we we talked badly about big 12 defenses all year but it was like there were entire teams that couldn't stop him but Alabama was able to and I think that that's kind of a a caveat of maybe what it could look like in the NFL with Kyler and the big question right now is obviously OU was not going to probably beat Alabama and if they did they were definitely not going to beat Clemson but Kyler Murray is still the best player in the country Uh, at least you know 1A 1B depending on how people feel about Tua and he's got this crazy decision that's coming up whether he's going to play major league baseball where he was drafted last year or maybe he could go into the NFL do you look at a game like that against Alabama against NFL caliber defenders and say maybe he should stick with baseball or is that just because I mean he's gonna be playing with an NFL offensive line too so is it going to be a completely different game
0: that's just the 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 heat of the moment talk right now I feel a little bit I, I feel like teams and people that look at him as a football player know from the season that he's had uh, what kind of player he is and you know what they're great on him would be I don't think that one game will stick out and negatively affect him and say he should go play um, baseball he's a Heisman Trophy winner he's as good a football player in the country as you'll find and uh, I think it'll be interesting as big a decision as is you know we've seen in and in a a while especially with guys coming out talk about guys coming out being drafted and having to do this and do you go to the NFL what what's the deal here so I think it's going to be Really interesting how it plays out.
1: I can't imagine having to make that decision, especially at his age. And I know you played baseball and football. And, I mean, you were drafted in major leagues. So you weren't drafted, you know, up in the ni- at ninth overall, but still drafted nevertheless. And when you look at somebody like Kyler, and you know Kyler personally, you've seen him play for most of his career, you know how good he is at baseball. Do you look, if you are him at this point, do you look at the money that's involved with baseball and then also having to go through, you know, the farm leagues and minors and all that? Or do you look at it and you say, I love one sport more than the other what would you take into consideration
0: I mean, listen, it's going to be up to him and what he wants to do I'd like to see him still play football I think it would be I think it would be awesome I think baseball is something he could always go back to after the fact if, if he didn't like it but you know it's going to be up to him but I, I would like to see him still still keep playing football
1: I think that's selfish, too, because I'm the same way. Like, I love football so much more than baseball, and I've been making that argument. Like, oh, absolutely. I would much rather see him play football, and everyone's like, well, the money's not guaranteed, and, you know, you do get hit every single week. I'm like, yeah, but he's really fun to watch. Yeah, but his, uh, his rookie
0: contract would be guaranteed if he wins. So if he gets staffed in the first round, his contract's, you know, for the most part, almost 100% guaranteed. It would be more than what his, any pick in the first round. Um, even early second round would be more than what he got for being the, the pick that he was in baseball.
1: And you and EB talked about this one time when we were on the podcast discussing this exact thing. I guess it was maybe whenever Kyler uh, came out and said he was going to be playing football again uh, over the summer. But when you look at like what it takes to actually make it to the major leagues, and you guys w- kind of went through it and said it's just not as easy as people think, Like that's something that even though you're drafted ninth overall, you look and you say just the path to having to get to a major league roster just might not be worth it.
0: Oh, it, is, it is as hard as it gets to climb up that ladder in, anywhere in sports. Um, no guarantees. I, I've seen some of the best baseball players that I've ever been around from high school that went on and played in college and get drafted and, and, and never make it out. And there's a select few that um, obviously do, but it is, is the minor league baseball is as hard a trip and a harder route as as you can imagine in trying to make it to, to the big leagues.
1: If you, and I know it's going to come down to Kyler and everybody's different, but if you were Kyler at this point, would you choose football?
0: I, I mean, he obviously sent his papers in to see where he's going to get drafted. I, I remember mine coming back and what they were and that um, pretty much firmly cemented where, what my decision was going to be. You know, if I would have got something back around a second or third round grade, uh, I probably would have gone back to school. Uh, I had two years left, but obviously to get first round grade, um, you know, it different. So it'll go up to him and depend on what those papers come back and say. And ultimately I don't think he's going to come back and play another year. So, Um, you know he'll know you know he'll know if he's gonna you know but hey NFL teams have to know as well you know before they would even draft him Casey
1: yeah that's true I just can't imagine being that good at two different things I really can't I I mean I know and like being as good as you were uh, at A&M and like a lot of these guys that can leave school early I'm like I can't imagine being that good at one thing let alone two especially at the ages you guys have to make these decisions because you have probably your families and your friends and your agents and everybody in your ear and it's like I really just want to go out and play a sport and I can't imagine being that good at it like he is with two different things at this point
0: I mean, Deion Sanders, I think, played a football in a baseball game, like, in the same insane. day or something like this. Like, this guy is insane. This
1: is Bo Jackson. It's the same thing. It's just, like, these guys that can do both, and Kyler being one of those, it's awesome. And it really sucks because I would have loved to see him finish his career in an A&M uniform because if he was that good at OU, uh, that would have been pretty fun to watch. But we'll see what he decides to do. I know it'll be – whatever happens, he's going to be good at it. But I'm I'm sad that he's – done playing college football because who's next I mean you look at a lot of these I mean obviously Trevor Lawrence that Clemson game you mentioned like that was just an absolute trouncing of a game Notre Dame didn't even belong on the same field and now you're looking at who's going to be that next guy and I think Trevor Lawrence could be a Heisman Trophy winner in his career because of how good he's looked all year especially at the fact that he wasn't even starting going into 2018
0: yeah without a doubt he's thrown 27 touchdown passes and four picks you know insane I I think Just watching him versus Notre Dame, the throws that he's making, being able to throw the 10 to 12 yard speed out like on time, great, great accuracy. Just the the concepts that they're running at Clemson and what they're doing in the run game has made it really easy on him. But even even with it being, you know, the way that it is with the run game, he is doing things um, that are that are, you know, you don't see in second or third year guys. So he's definitely on a path to be one of the top players in college football for for years to come.
1: And Clemson is so balanced, too. You talk about how good he is, how good that offense is, and then early on in the season when they played A&M, that defensive front kind of had their wake-up call because A&M's offense was able to run all over them. And at the time, obviously, second game of the season, who cares? But when you look at Clemson this year and the way they've finished out, and they've been good, that's no secret over the last few years, I think they're the most balanced they've been because of how good they look on both sides of the ball.
0: Yeah, I think this is the best their run games looked, and, and, you know, you watched the Notre Dame game the other day, and you're just waiting for him to break one. You know, breaks a 60-yarder to really bust the game up and make it, you know, out of, out of reach for Notre Dame. And I think that's just how explosive they are in the run game, and that can happen any time. So uh, you know, Alabama's definitely gonna have to be careful. This is a, a good a team as, as they played, the best team they played all year, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, no question. And I, you talk about people getting mad on social media. I had uh, Notre Dame fans very mad at me on Saturday night because I ripped off a, a tweet, something along the lines of the silver lining is that Notre Dame doesn't have to deal with a fake dead girlfriend story this time around. I know you were uh, you were part of the Heisman Trophy race with Manti Te'o, and I like it just sucks for Notre Dame fans that they get on these like the the national scale. I mean, they're obviously always gonna be a blue blood program because they're Notre Dame but the last time they were on this scale they had the embarrassing thing happen with him and then they got trounced in the national championship against Alabama and it takes all these years to get back onto that platform and they just lose again it's like do they need to join a conference what do they need to do because if this continues to happen it just is humiliating for Notre Dame fans
0: yeah I mean right now I think they have it pegged to where you know they can put themselves in a position with their schedule to to get in you know and be undefeated and have a chance to do that every year so You know, obviously joining a conference or a string to schedule, which I don't think Notre Dame is going to do. I don't think that's going to happen whatsoever. And they are content with doing exactly what they're doing right now, getting to the big dance and shitting their pants.
1: So, but how do they fix that, Johnny? I mean, I, obviously, like, they're playing other Power 5 schools. You know, it's not like they're going in and just playing FCS teams every single week. But at the same time, like, how many times do you, you know, what can you do, I guess, to fix that on a national scale where you don't look like complete buffoons on the biggest stage of the year?
0: Yeah, I'm also watching the game, too. And you look and they have All-American safety that goes out in the first half. Like, injuries like this and things like this that happen. You know, uh it changed the game dramatically when you have freshmen and young guys and they're playing for a guy who's an all American does definitely makes a big difference. You know, nevertheless, I think Notre Dame has as good a players talent wise as any anybody in the in the country. And I, I think, you know, just getting into these big games has been a little bit too much for them because they're not as tested throughout the season and it you know, it's a big jump playing playing these teams, especially playing a team like Clemson. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what they do. But I don't I don't think it's gonna change. I think they're content with it exactly the way that it is.
1: Yeah, they don't have to change anything right now because if they add it into a conference and you do have to look at the conference championship, completely understand that. I just I for Notre Dame fans' sake, I really hope they get that figured out because I would be uh, not happy watching that happen, you know, back-to-back appearances. But at the same time, they were undefeated, like you said. Looking back now, and Ohio State you know, losing to Purdue the, the way that they did, which was crazy, and it, it was early in the season. And then the way Ohio State finished the season, they had the, you know, Washington backdoor cover. But there are a lot of people saying that maybe Ohio State was a better football team throughout 2018 than Notre Dame because of just the teams that they had to play and the way they played. Do you agree with that after what we saw happen over the weekend and throughout the week, or would you still keep Notre Dame in over Ohio State?
0: I mean, there was never a doubt and debate when we were going through, you know, picking the four teams and seeing who was the best four teams in the country that do we think Ohio State should have got in over Notre Dame. Mm -hmm. It's only after the fact that we've been thinking that. So, you know, obviously with with the egg that... Notre Dame left in the Cotton Bowl you'll sit there and say that all day long and I'm sure Urban and Ohio State would as well but you know after the fact you look at the Purdue game and and even looking at a Michigan team that they beat they got trounced mm-hmm. by Florida in bowl Ugly. season you look back at everything and say where well, Ohio State wins even enough to put them in that contention
1: it's just wild to look at all these bowl games and it's like I mean I had zero Doubt that Michigan would like. I thought it would be a close game against Florida, but the way that looked, that looked horrible. And then Ohio State and Washington, I did take. Uh, I took Washington just because I I didn't know exactly what Ohio State would show up but it what it asks what it lends me to think and I have, I know this argument happens all the time and it's never going to really be a true answer but it's like if you made these bowl games mean more whether it's expanding the playoffs whether you do the playoffs after some of the bowl games have been played whatever it may be like it feels like Michigan didn't show up because they were just pissed they lost to Ohio State the way that they did and it goes back to if these guys aren't playing for anything you know some of them sit out because they want to be ready for the nfl some of them are just like whatever we're just here to collect our bowl gifts like how do you fix that is expanding the playoffs the only way to make guys really want to play harder
0: i think i uh, i think the playoff will get expanded in time but i i don't buy into not showing up for for bowl games i, I don't get it it's a, it's a game on your schedule on your season um I I don't buy it. I don't get it. I don't understand why Michigan would want to go out and get trounced by by Florida and a team like that and and not show up. So I don't ever buy the excuse that teams don't show up because it's not a meaningful bowl game. But I'm sure if EB were here today, he would (laughs) dispute that to a T.
1: Oh, he definitely would. Well, in his opinion, he probably thinks everybody should just sit out and get ready for the NFL, even if they're going to be drafted in like the fourth round, right? (laughs) like I mean that's just EB but I do I do think that there's you know a certain degree of of like guys not wanting to play I guess I kind of understand it but at the same time I would much rather see him play it's more entertaining because then you look at you know the LSU UCF game which I early on I was so scared UCF was going to win that game just because I have been talking just mad shit about them all year I don't like the national championship thing but at the same time LSU was playing like their like fourth string secondary you know that UCF didn't have McKenzie Milton but that game was pretty interesting it ended up not being near as much fun as it looked like it was going to be for UCF but that made me a little nervous Johnny I'll have to admit that
0: yeah it it, it was when I when I saw the score uh, within the game I didn't get a chance to watch it but when I saw the score I was shocked that, that it, they scored as many points as they did but I think you have to still give UCF some credit for as good a year, you know, the last two years that they've had. It's been a good run. I still think they'll be in the mix, you know, for the for the next couple of years.
1: Do you think that if they have another undefeated regular season like they did last year and this year that they should be in the conversation to make it in the playoff? Because even I mean, I think the final score of LSU, the LSU game was like 40 to 32. You know, early on, I think UCF was up by like two touchdowns. And it really by the time LSU took over the game, it just was never really close anymore. But I can see the argument being made is like they're hanging in with LSU in these bowl games. Uh, Do you think that they deserve to be in the playoff, even though they're not a power five school?
0: I don't think just being based off being undefeated, you know, if there's, you know, I, I think, you know, depending on a one loss team, because looking at the way things have been the last couple of years, it takes, you know, there haven't been a lot of two loss teams that have gotten in at all. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I think it takes undefeated or one loss. And then, you know, depends on if, if a, you know, a Georgia team with one loss, um, you know, an SEC title or something, obviously, Trump's a, a, a schedule of any kind that UCF could ever put on this on the table. Yeah. So uh, I think they're always going to be behind the gun a little bit. But, um, you know, undefeated always puts you in the mix.
1: Yeah, we'll see what happens. And I mean, it just always goes back to if you do expand the playoffs and maybe you get uh, a group five, you know, one of those teams to maybe get in uh, at least all the power five schools can be represented. But we'll see what happens with that. But you, you hit the nail on the head earlier. Like the best two teams are in the national championship. And we'll get to that preview in a little bit. But, you know, we didn't necessarily need the playoffs this year. Uh, And I didn't like that they were on Saturday because it kind of made the rest of the games anticlimactic until even last night with Texas, Georgia, which ended up kind of being boring as well. It's like the playoffs should be the last games of the year. Do you agree with that?
0: I think, um, you know, with the way things are going to change with the playoff and everything, I think these games are going to have to be played the way that they are. Because I was already talking with DB about this the other day. All these extra games that are being played and everything, is this not changing and skewing the records? You know, of college football history. You know, you look back at guys, you know, who have held all these passing records. Are those not going to be broken by guys that are playing 16 games now, compared to like 13?
1: I've never thought about that. That's crazy. Yeah.
0: Are, are there? Are there? Do we put asterisks on this because you know, guys like Case Keenum or or stuff like this that have guys like that have played and thrown for 5,500 yards? They've done it in 13 games. Now, now we got have guys throwing for 5,000 yards if they're playing for you know 15 or 16 games.
1: Yeah, I guess I'd never thought about that because it's like not like you can just all of a sudden change the rulebook to where it's like part one, part two. But guys are going to be breaking the records because the more games you add, uh, and especially if they add another round of the playoffs, like those records are going to be broken easily.
0: Easily.
1: See, if EB was here, he probably would have like made an Like, did he agree with you when you talked to him about that?
0: I, we just we just were trying to think of like how that's going to be uh, how that's going to be done. I think it's I think it's flawed as, as it gets.
1: Yeah, it's definitely flawed. That's a good point. I I'm all for again. I've never played football. I'm all for keeping you know adding another game. But at the same time, as somebody who's been through that college schedule, do you think that if you added another game, take the stats and everything out of the question, do you think that that is like putting a student athlete in danger? I mean, the NFL you play 16 regular season games, but you're getting paid for it. Like, is it really that big of a difference if you added another round?
0: I mean, every time you go out there, every opportunity, it takes one play. And I've seen guys who had a first play of a season and get hurt and ruin their year. You know, it can happen on any play throughout your entire season, no matter what. So every game you play is, you know, very few games that we go through a football game and not have somebody come out that's even a little bit banged up. So, um, you know, each game they play, someone's at risk to, to get hurt. So.
1: Again, it's me being Um, selfish. It's me being selfish. Like, I don't have to go out there and actually play. So I'm just like, yeah, whatever. Like, play some extra games. Um, But, you know, we'll see. Yeah, I'm
0: going to watch it on TV and kick back and have some beers. Yeah, of course. You guys play uh, five (laughs) more games.
1: Yeah, I mean, at least I can admit that it's selfish. Actually, when we were at the Army-Navy game, one of the coolest things uh, they said they did like the the prayer right before and the guy who was doing it from West Point was like, this is the only game of the year that everybody that's playing on the field would die for every single person watching it. And that just made me feel like, I mean, it it sent chills over my body, but it's also like, really? Like sports fans are so entitled. Like we're sitting at home drinking beer, yelling at the TV. In reality, we have absolutely no idea what it feels like for these guys that are actually playing the game. (laughs) The way it goes It is the way it goes. All right, Johnny, I want to switch gears, but before we do, I want to talk about Tommy John. We all hear about New Year's resolutions and if people are going to try to keep them or not, but let's talk about how you can actually change something today, like starting 2019 off right with Tommy John, the revolutionary company that's redefining comfort for men and for women. We all like to talk about underwear. We all like to wear panties. Well, Tommy John is making it so much better because they have a life-changing women's line, luxurious, hibernation-approved loungewear for men and women, and their latest innovation, the ever-stayed tuck dress shirt for men. So fellas, you can go on Tommy John and get a bunch of stuff for yourself and for that lady in your life. And trust me, I wear their panties. They are absolutely amazing. So hurry to Tommy com slash comeback right now and you'll get 20% off your first order. That's 20% off at Tommy com slash comeback 20% off fellas, ladies, you're not going to regret it. You always want to be comfortable in the underwear and panties you're wearing and Tommy John can do that only at Tommy Tommyjohn.com Tommy com slash comeback. So the NFL, the Cowboys, since we've done our last podcast, clinched the NFC East with a week to spare, which was wild. I definitely did not see that coming. The Eagles snuck into the playoffs. The Steelers absolutely imploded. The Pats ended up, you know, getting that number two seed. What are you looking at from the NFL right now that you really think, like, the main storyline is going into Wild Card Weekend?
0: I don't think the Eagles snuck in. I think they made a statement. <laughs> I think the Eagles uh, Nick getting Foles, yeah, Nick Foles. is as good as it gets to try and defend your, your Super Bowl title and make a run to get back. I think it's. I think that's the best story right now. And the biggest story is the Steelers not getting in. You know, obviously needing the Browns to to get it done for them to have to have hopes in the playoffs and and all the drama that's going around in Pittsburgh right now. But I think the two NFC East teams in the NFC right now were are my two um, teams that I'm keeping an eye on right now.
1: Do you think? And this argument, like literally as we were starting this podcast, this argument was being hashed out outside of these doors like screaming inside Barstool HQ about the Nick Foles Carson Wentz thing and like it feels like Eagles fans like still want to hang on to the fact they think Carson Wentz is a better quarterback and meanwhile like you've got Dave Portnoy obviously a Patriots fan and hates the Eagles but you've got him and a lot of other guys saying well what does Nick Foles have to do to be able to prove that he's the guy he's already the Super Bowl MVP he's gotten him back to the playoffs again this year where's your stance on that
0: I think he's proved that he's a guy, absolutely. And I think this is exactly what Philly wanted. Everybody else right now is breaking this whole thing down as Carson Wentz and Nick Foles and this whole debate on who's your guy and are you going to pay him? There's a clause in there for the Eagles to bring Nick Foles back even next year if they want. So they prepared for Carson Wentz to not be 100% ready this year and it ended up being the case that he can't play. So they kept Nick Foles when he could have been gone. So I, I feel this is as good a deal for the Eagles as there's been in the quarterback position in a long, long time. I think you have a guy who's gone back and won you the Super Bowl last year who comes in and is bringing the energy to that team that they haven't had. But I still think there's no doubt about it. Carson Wentz is the guy that they're going to go with moving forward, and Nick Bowles is going to get paid somewhere else.
1: I mean, what does Nick Foles have to do for, for Eagles, for them to make him the guy? I mean, obviously he's the guy right now, but if he takes him to another Super Bowl, even if they don't win, it's like, what, what does he have to do to stay in Philadelphia?
0: I don't see, see a situation where he does. That's crazy. Because
1: being there. That's so crazy to me because it's just like, the, I mean, he's hes doing it now two years in a row. But at the same time, I mean, do you think that this Eagles team with him. People weren't begging
0: for Foles at the beginning of the season after his first couple I know, of years.
1: No, I don't get yeah. it.
0: People were down on Foles. So this thing has come full circle and he's playing good ball midway through the year. You know, quarterback position is streaky as it gets. Last time Nick Foles uh, went and balled out and, and signed a big contract, his next couple of years were, were a little bit slow, and then he's back to where he is now. So this quarterback position is, is hard to play consistently the way that he is, and he's playing it at the right time.
1: Do you think they can make a run for the Super Bowl?
0: Uh, I think they have, uh, you know, obviously have a harder run than they did last year and get in a bye. Um, it's always hard for, for a team to play an extra game and still get in, but I think they're dangerous right now. I think they're going to put up a hell of a fight.
1: And then what about, what do you think is going on in Pittsburgh? Because, you know, you've got the Antonio Brown stuff, the Le'Veon Bell stuff that we hashed out, you know, the entire season. And it's just like when you look at these guys and you look at the offense that they have on paper, they should be one of the best offenses in the league. And they should have been since they've had these two guys with Roethlisberger. And it's just like dysfunction over and over and over with Mike Tomlin. Like what the hell is going on right now, do you think?
0: Yeah, I think I think nine years, you know, A.B. has been there. It's, it's You know, sometimes those relationships wear a little bit thin. I think you've seen that here. Um, all the way down to the wire, and I think, it's obviously, with the emergence of Juju, you know, on the offense and, and the way the Steelers team is starting to change a little bit, the Steelers are going to look completely different in the next couple of years. Big Ben isn't going to be there, AB is not going to be there, in my opinion. I think, I think it's going to be a big shakeup for the Steelers in the near future
1: and just has to see if you know Mike Tomlin can handle that because we talked about this uh, with Danny Amendola earlier uh, in the offseason when he was talking about different types of coaches And you've got Bill Belichick with the principal is what he called him and then he talked about Adam Gates who just got fired out of Miami as like the players coach I feel like Mike Tomlin is somewhere in the middle I don't know if he's like a players guy or if he's more of a Bill Belichick type guy but whatever's going on right now doesn't seem to be working
0: uh, obviously, it's a down year. You know, they're a game away from getting in. They have a tie with missed field goals, and you know, it was an interesting year in Pittsburgh. Uh, they're on TV a lot, so you see a lot of their games. And a little bit different year than they had. They had a ton of drama with the Le'Veon stuff. You know, it was a, it was a weird year in Pittsburgh with a nine-six-and-one record. You know, that's not what they're accustomed to. But you know, I don't I don't count them out as far as moving forward. No, no matter if AB's there, uh, I think Big Ben will be there. They'll have Juju. They'll have Connor. They'll have guys around. That are good enough to put them in a position they need to be I think they'll bounce back just fine
1: and what do you think about the way the Patriots are playing right now and I know that the last time that we recorded the Josh Gordon stuff hadn't happened you know your boy uh, not you know going through a hard time again but the Patriots offense was going to look a little bit different without him they end up you know getting that number two seed and Tom Brady playing really well you know down the stretch do you think that this is another year where you're just going to automatically see them in the AFC championship
0: I don't think anything's automatic this year. I, you know, I think you know, this is an interesting year in the AFC. I think it's uh, it's going to be fun to watch for sure. I, I think any time they have Brady, any time they get the bye, that puts them you know, in a, in a greater chance to get back. I think they have as good a chance as anybody with the experience they have. The playoff Patriots, you know, I think they're going to be as tough to beat as anybody in this entire playoff bracket on either side.
1: Yeah I agree anytime you've got the you know you've got Brady you've got Belichick it's hard to count them out and especially because there is so many kind of toss-ups right now with what both of the AFC and the NFC look like but uh, before we move on have you I mean I know that the Josh Gordon stuff is obviously very sensitive and everything have you had any conversations with him uh, since he decided to take a break from football?
0: I haven't I haven't heard from him I heard from him a week before um, and, and everything seemed to and uh, you know my heart obviously breaks for JG you know I saw him getting back on the field playing. It was fun watching him again. You know, we spoke on here about how I thought it was the perfect coaching staff, um, uh, the perfect situation for him, and, you know, I wish him nothing but the best. Maybe maybe he doesn't want to play right now. Maybe his heart's not in it, but, you know, to JG, you know, I wish him nothing but the best. You know, uh, I'm always here for him, but, you know, I think the Patriots knew that that was the risk with getting him, and, and they knew that that was a possibility, that with his situation, he was always one day one bad day one bad slip up away from um from not playing and and um you know they obviously knew it so you know hopefully everything Um, and his situation and his life, even outside of football, will be all right, because that's what I wish for more than anything.
1: Well, and that's been your whole motto is that everybody's always coming back from something, and the whole reason you had your own comeback season and the podcast and everything else, that there's always something that you're trying to fight back for. And with him, and I know you know him personally, and you've seen him struggle, and now that he's continuing to, do you believe that that we'll see him uh, back on an NFL field at some point?
0: I would think so. J.G.'s a fighter, and, you know, hopefully the situation won't put him in too bad a standing to be able to get back. You know, hopefully this isn't an indefinite suspension where he's climbing this uphill battle that will never get back to the NFL. You know, I want to see him. I hope to see him play football again, but more so than anything, I just hope he's he's okay mentally, um, and he's doing all right.
1: Absolutely. Well, I'm going to switch gears completely before we get to uh, the national championship preview, but another one of your Here's boys. Put you on
0: the slide. Super Bowl pick. Who's making it out of these playoffs?
1: Oh, Super Bowl pick. So, I I mean, I th- everybody's going to say that I'm being completely biased here, but I think that the Patriots are going to make it out of the AFC. The NFC, like, the my – my, oh, I don't know. My bias is trying to I, – I, I just don't think Dallas is actually going to make a Super Bowl run, but, the like, the Dallas-born native inside of me says maybe maybe. Ooh, I don't know. Who are you taking out of the NFC? I'm going to go AFC with Patriots. Let me think on the NFC. That's tough. Who you got
0: out of the NFC? Uh, I'm going to I'm going to take the Rams.
1: Ooh, that's not bad. That's not bad.
0: But sneakily, my team that I'm pulling for the most are the Saints.
1: The Saints. See, I, I would.
0: Was... I, I, I think Drew Brees. I, I think as good a story as get gets this year. I'm I'm watching the Saints and, and Drew Brees as close as it gets throughout the playoffs.
1: I feel like the...
0: last year was as tough a break as it could get versus the Vikings. So I, I feel like this is a redemption tour.
1: And so, what about the AFC?
0: So I'll tell ta- you know what I'll change my answer. Pick I'll, I'll take the Saints out of the NFC and, and from the AFC. Give me the Patriots.
1: Yeah. I think so. I think I'll I'll go with the Rams. Like the the Rams are, are the team that I really want to see be good because they have great storylines and obviously I love what Sean McVay is doing. I just I, I feel like it's so easy and so cliche to just say like the Patriots are going to be there and and last year I didn't think the the Eagles had any chance to beat them and they obviously did. But I just feel like it's like in the AFC you just automatically say the Patriots at this point.
0: I do think Dallas got the toughest draw out of out of anybody for uh, sure. Out uh, playing the Seahawks I think is a tough matchup. Is anybody's going to see in the first round of playoffs.
1: Do you think that this – so I, I we talked about this on the radio today because I, I didn't like that Dak was playing all the way through the game in Week 17 against the Giants and all this stuff. As a quarterback who's played professional football, you've played college football, you understand more than just all of us sitting behind a microphone. Was Dak Prescott playing in that game till the very end and as good of a game as he had even against a garbage Giants team? Is that – really good for momentum or is that something that fans look at because they won and because he didn't get hurt that that's now what they're saying is oh the the Cowboys are going into the wild card weekend against the Seahawks with momentum because he played so well
0: I, I think there's a mode that that can put it into where he's more cautious and more aware of what's going on obviously you can have somebody get rolled up to you at any time um god forbid but but nonetheless I think he was in a very safe mode the other day I think getting in a rhythm and continuing to play and not you know, being away from it from a week is a good thing. I think the Cowboys did the right thing. Resting Zeke, playing Dak and just enough guys. Um, you want to be out there, you want to be playing. I wouldn't want to take a week off.
1: See, yeah, again, there it is. I don't play football. So I'm sitting there thinking like, oh, only playing for a couple series and put his ass on the bench so he doesn't get hurt. Just like when Leighton vanderash went down, I was like, oh, my God, here we go but once again i don't get paid to play football or coach football and there's probably a reason for that uh, there's
0: probably a bunch of different theories on that though you know uh, the the patriots sometimes lock up and they have something locked up or they have a one or two locked up and don't play those guys so it's not uncommon to see even the best sit in that last game
1: what do you think eb would say about that you know him better than um, me
0: um he, he would probably say sit absolutely they need <laughs> to sit on 100 why is he even dressed up why is he not at his house in highland park sitting back having a beer
1: <laughs> yeah why isn't he sitting next to casey on the couch drinking a beer yeah. being an armchair quarterback
0: yeah, why is he why is he even there why is he not just sitting down waiting for his next deal
1: <laughs> yeah but, i mean eb he can't he can't be here to, to defend himself so and i've got pat here so I, johnny i hate to tell you this and i don't I'm really glad EB's not on this podcast for this two seconds because Pat has really bad news for us. And all year, if you've been listening to the podcast, you know we've been picking college games. And we have one game left for the national title, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But, Pat, what were the records? You want the records with the bowl games you picked last year. Or picked last week, rather. Yeah, you might as well just go for, like, the overall records. (laughs) All right. We got uh, Johnny you're in last place. Yikes. (laughs) (laughs) 20, (laughs) 20, 27-2, not great. Uh, Casey second place with 23 24 and 2 in EB the Bulls saved him because he went 4 and 1 he finished at 25 21 and 4 it's devastating news Johnny.
0: And on to better news.
1: Moving <laughs> we'll be right along. <laughs> the the thing that stinks is that, like, we can't, like, picking the national championship, which we're going to do, it's like, it doesn't even matter because he's already won. And his, like, lock of the year or the century or whatever was LSU, and that hit, too. So, like, he's going to be insufferable once he finds out that I don't even know what we owe him. Are I don't even remember him? what the bet was. I don't, Johnny a can tell him.
0: High five or something. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll let him know. I'll pass it along if he doesn't screen my call again this week. Ooh,
1: that's true. He's big timing everybody. So maybe we just maybe we shouldn't tell him. Act like it never happened. Like just make him actually like have to come figure it out himself. But that uh, it was it was not a great year of picks. It wasn't horrible though. I mean, I this was is my
0: worst. This was my worst year in the last couple of years. We really? We do a pick them I in mean, the QB rooms uh, over the years, and I always seem to be above 500 by at least five or six games so this is my my first down year in a while we
1: will blame that on EB because like he always was just like wanting to argue with you on the podcast so maybe let's just put that all on him
0: yeah, maybe I'm uh, accustomed to seeing Canadian football and I'm watching I don't know
1: there you go yeah blame it on Canada like who's gonna be able to prove you wrong just blame it all on Canada and like the, the fact that people drive on the wrong side of the road and speak French there you go that's what I would do that's that's a spin zone that you uh nobody can prove you wrong before we get to that national championship game though I have to know about what you think that's going on with your boy Drake and Kanye West because you know you you kind of live the 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 life where you supersede sports you've got the celebrity status you hang out with celebrities so you kind of see this from a different way that we do but we're sitting here looking at this and Kanye West is mad because Drake followed kim kardashian on social media and i just don't understand how this is actually a a headline but b like why would he be so mad about that i understand the rumors but like what are we doing here kanye
0: uh yeah i think 2019 is going to be the year yay this is obviously underage scan all the ways but everybody know he's pretty much having open therapy sessions right now with his <laughs> tweets every single day so he's on fire but this is uh, this is some old school California, Hidden Hills, Calabasas beef that I'm in the middle of right here. It's all happening right around the corner, so I'm in the middle of it right now. I can't wait to see it unfold a little bit more, but he is triggered
1: triggered and like now he's going on Joe Rogan's podcast which I can only imagine how crazy that's gonna be you know he's having meetings with the President Trump at the White House like uh, Kanye is just like on a different planet right now but as somebody like you who lives in the middle of it who's friends with these guys who has seen it go down like this is real beef right this isn't just something that's manufactured for PR reasons or for headlines or TMZ or whatever like this is like a real life problem that Kanye has that Drake followed his wife on Instagram
0: I think these are just guys that are extremely public, and and sometimes Kanye just says whatever the fuck he wants, and and you know people make a big deal out of it. You know, I don't know if this is real beef or anything like that, because it seems to be you know, the the beef that I never thought could come back from the Meek Mill and Drake beef is obviously you know on to, to better days in 2018, 2019. So I don't think anything's too big to to overcome the Rat beef anymore.
1: Do you think that if there was actual rap beef between Kanye now, not old school Kanye, and Drake, that it would be a close competition? And who are you taking in an actual distraction? Sounds beef? like
0: Kanye's a little worried about Drake. Like he's <laughs> going to call somebody to come beat him up or something. I don't, I don't understand it. So, Chad with the a little defensive here, and, and Drake's got him on the heels.
1: I don't feel like Drake's the type of guy that's just going to be like sending out guys to go beat somebody's ass. Like, I could be wrong. he's
0: just kind of sitting back and not saying a lot during all this. Kanye, you're just kind of talking recklessly.
1: Yeah, but I mean, I'm all here for for rap battle beef, especially during the football offseason, to give myself some excitement and some drama. And if those two fire off diss tracks, I'm totally here for it. I'm going to take Drake just because I like Drake better than Kanye. But at the same time, like, if old school Kanye comes out firing, like, back in his, like, true prime, we could have some pretty entertainment rapping going on.
0: Oh, I'll be listening. Yeah.
1: I'm totally there for it. No doubt about that. Well, we can definitely never get enough drama here on Comeback Season, the podcast, and hopefully there will be a lot of rap drama that continues us through the offseason and drama, Pat, next week for that national championship game between Alabama and Clemson. We will be talking about that, though, on an episode that's coming out on Monday. Like I mentioned at the beginning, Johnny and I will be dropping an exclusive quickie of Comeback Season to break down that matchup. And Johnny gives his keys on what both teams need to do to be the champions in 2018-2018. Comeback season is presented by Velveeta Shells and Cheese. But before we go, I want to talk to you about Robinhood because starting the new year, investing your money is extremely important. Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks ETFs, options, and cryptos all completely commission-free, and they strive to make financial services work for everybody, not just the wealthy. So it's 2019. It's a new year. It's a new you. So why not find a non-intimidating way for stock market newcomers like yourselves, like me, or if you've been doing it for a long time, to invest with true confidence. It's simple and it's intuitive. And right now, Robinhood is giving our listeners a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help build out your portfolio. So sign up at comeback.robinhood.com com that's comeback.robinhood.com start 2019 off the right way invest your money let them help you do it it's not intimidating like I said and it works for everybody the rich the poor the new the seasoned Robin Hood has you covered